Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Hebrews with this message entitled, Nowhere to Hide. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Now, here is our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. We, as your saints, are gathered together to worship you. We are gathered together as one man to praise you. We are gathered together in that beautiful unity to hear the voice of the living God in the preached word. O God, teach us, instruct us, train us in righteousness. Lord, rebuke us and correct us that we will not stray from your straight path that leads to life eternal. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide from God. And nowhere to hide from God's word. Adam and Eve, who had sinned against the Lord, thought that they could hide from God and escape God's judgment. So we are told that they made for themselves fig leaf garments and hid themselves from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord found them afraid and naked. Achan, remember, he thought he could hide from God and he and his family were found out and destroyed. Ananias and Sapphira had thought that they could hide from God but they were discovered and destroyed. The psalmist said Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I say surely the darkness will hide me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. Last week we noted that there is an eternal judgment of God at which time some shall enter into the saints everlasting rest and others shall enter into the sinners everlasting torment. Brothers and sisters there is nowhere to hide. Hide from what Abram called God the judge of all the earth. So the writer to the Hebrews encourages us in chapter 4 and verse 11 to strive to enter that everlasting rest. There is a rest that remains for the people of God. Let me tell you, it is the supreme desire of God for all of us to enter that eternal happiness which the gospel clearly proclaims. If anyone goes to hell, it is because he desires to go there. 
It is because he hates God. He does not believe he will go to hell. He believes he can hide from God and from his judgment. But there is no place to hide. God is called Bir Lahai Roy. The one living one who sees me. God sees us all at all times. And he knows our thoughts before we even think them. So we are told nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Sirs, naked we came, naked we go, and naked we shall stand in the great judgment in utter defenselessness and total vulnerability. So the writer tells us, strive to enter, believe the gospel, and enjoy heaven's everlasting rest. But if one refuses to believe the gospel, such a person is warned of his folly in verse 12 and 13 of chapter 4 of this epistle. The writer speaks of five characteristics, attributes of the gospel. The word of God. One cannot reject the gospel, written or spoken word of God, without dire consequences. The word of God is the word of God, and so possesses the nature and qualities of God himself. So it is utter folly not to believe the word of God. It is not a dead letter. It is not mere past history. It is not the word of man. In it, God is speaking. Chapter 1, verse 1, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers. In it, Christ himself is speaking. Verse 2 of chapter 1, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. In it, the apostles are speaking. In it, the Holy Spirit is speaking. Chapter 13, 7, in it, the minister of the gospel is speaking. Turn with me to chapter 2 and verse 2 and 3. For if the message spoken by angels was binding and every violation of disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? The word of God is the gospel. It is proclaiming great salvation from God's own just wrath against our sins. Friends, there is no escape, no hiding. 
No one can hide in the mountains of books written to refute the word of God. Every knee shall bow before the Lord and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what are these five qualities of the probing word of God? Chapter 4 verse 12, living is the word of God in the Greek text. Notice the emphasis on living. The word of God is not myth, it's not legend, it is not primitive notions of primitive people about the universe and God. It is not a dead book. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 32, beginning with verse 45 to 47. When Moses finished reciting all these words to all Israel, he said to them, Take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day, so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words for you, empty of meaning. They are not dead commands. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. By them you live, by them you die. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. For ye have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. The word of God is living. The whole book is pulsating with life. It has power to save and power to destroy. It has power to bless and power to curse depending upon the reception it gets in human hearts, faith or unbelief. The word of God is living because God, the source of the word, is living. So look at chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews and verse 12. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Chapter 9 of Hebrews, verse 14. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. Chapter 10 and verse 31. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And my mother told me as a teenager, it put dread into my being. 
the word is living because it is the word of the living God turn again with me to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8 the grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of our, of our God stands forever well let's look at the gospel of John chapter 6 and verse 63 and 68 John 6 63 and 68 the spirit gives life the flesh counts for nothing the words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life and verse 68 Simon Peter answered him Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life or second Timothy 3 16 all scripture is God breathed it's God's speech and is profitable for teaching for rebuke for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. You want to reject this word of God? Go ahead and reject it. But you must face the living God. Hebrews 10, 30 and 31. For we know him who said it is mine to avenge. I will repay and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Turn with me to chapter 12 of Hebrews. Verse 25 and 29. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth. How much less will we if we turn away from him who wants from heaven? And verse 29, our God is a consuming fire. Brothers and sisters, do you understand the extreme gravity of what it means to be under the word preached? When your mother, father, when your pastor speaks the word of God, it is not dead word, it is living. It saves and it condemns. Number two, not only living, it is active. The Greek word is energes, energy. You see, work is a function of energy. So when he says the word is active means the word works, performs what it promises and what it threatens. You know the animal sloth. It is living. It but doesn't work much. Or you have seen huge tortoise. It is living. It doesn't work much. But not God. God is living and working. The word of God is performative. 
It is not only living, but it powerfully works the works of God. You will go home and read Psalm 29, 4 through 9. For now, let's turn to Isaiah 55. Chapter 55 of Isaiah. And verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. It is powerful. It performs salvation and judgment. Turn with me to First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. And Paul says in Romans 1.16, he is not ashamed of the gospel, but it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greeks. And we read from the scriptures that the word of God is creating word. God spoke and the universe came into existence. And we read that even in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Powerful word of God. And not only that, it is the sustaining word. It is the word of God that sustains the universe. Chapter 1, verse 3 of Hebrews, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by the word of his power. It's a creating word, sustaining word. And you go home and read First Peter 1.23 and Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, that it is a regenerating word. It raises up the dead. Dead in trespasses and sins. He makes new creation out of us. He seeks us with Christ in the heavenly places. It is performing word. It is the healing word. Psalm 107 verse 20. God sent out his word and healed them. And finally, let me tell you, it is the saving word and condemning word at the same time. Let's turn to Second Corinthians. Don't you ever think that you can come or anybody can come be under the preaching of the word and walk away as though nothing happened. It will never happen. Every time you come, the word will operate powerfully, either in the saving or in the condemning function of the word of God. Second Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse 15, For we are to God the aroma of Christ. We are to God 
by which he means the preaching of the gospel. We are to God in our function as preachers. Aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Two activities take place by the same word in the same church. Verse 16, to the one we are the smell of death. That the gospel proclamation becomes the smell of death. To the other the fragrance of life. Others are saved and made alive. And who is equal to such a task? Life or death business is the preaching of the gospel. Who is competent? And the answer is only God who is able to make the preacher competent. F.F. F. Bruce, the British theologian, he said, the word of God speeds to fulfill the purpose for which it has been uttered by God. And the word of God is self-fulfilling. Did you understand, children? When your mother spoke the word of God, it was a self-fulfilling word. Obedience, blessing. Disobedience, curse. And you will remember that after 70 years, 50 years, 30 years. It's not idle word. So my question is, do you trust and obey God's energetic word? The word that performs. Number three, we are told that his word is cutting, cutting word. It cuts like the sharpest double-edged sword. In the ancient world, double-edged sword was the sharpest instrument. The word of God has no blunt side to it. In spite of the poverty of the preacher and lack of eloquence of the preacher, the word of God has no blunt side to it. It does cut. Read Judges chapter 3, there is a judge by name Ehud. He made an 18-inch long double-edged sword and hid it and plunged it into the belly of Eglon, the Moabite king. And he died. Isaiah 49 verse 2. Speaking about Christ. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. Now, Revelation 1 verse 16. Speaking again. About the resurrected Christ. And out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. Word of God cuts, I said, two ways. Cuts to save and cuts to destroy. So turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. When the people heard this, heard the gospel, they were cut to the heart. It pierces the heart. The center of human personality. The will and the affections and the intellect. 
the place of unbelief. And they cried out, what must I do to be saved? Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And they were saved. But the same gospel, turn with me to Acts chapter 5, and verse 33. The apostles speaking to the Sanhedrin. The gospel. The word of God. But notice here, when they heard this, they were furious. The word cut to the very core. But it is not saving them. It contempts them. And chapter 7 of Acts, verse 54. When they heard this, again the gospel preached by St. Stephen. They were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. It cut to destroy them. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, God has ultimate power over all his creatures. Therefore, none should ignore his word that saves and destroys. It does one or the other. The word of God is always effectual. You may walk away saying it wasn't effectual. No, it condemned you. And as I read to you from 2 Corinthians 2. Number four. The word of God is piercing. In the Greek it is continually piercing. Probing. The word of God penetrates, piercing and probing the innermost recesses of one's otherwise inaccessible citadel of his heart. One can hide his secrets from his neighbor and his wife and her husband, but not from God. The word pierces the very core of man's being his will, his affections, and his intellect. The word of God detects human unbelief, unbelief toward God and his word. Let me look at some scriptures. Let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter 6 and verse 5. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become. And that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. First Chronicles 28 and verse 9. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, 17th chapter, and verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand human heart? The answer, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. Turn with me to the book of Psalms, 139th Psalm. 
verse 1 through 4, O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. And verse 23 and 24, the writer is finally saying that his own examination of himself and his own excusing of himself, justifying of himself is useless. It doesn't mean anything. And so he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Only God knows our heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. First Samuel 16 verse 7. We are told that man looks at the outside. Outward appearance. God looks into the heart. John 2.25. Jesus did not trust any person. And then we are told that he knew what was in man. He can fool pastor. He cannot fool God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness. See, the word pierces and enters into the dark recesses of our heart and discovers our intentions and motivations and thoughts. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's heart. God's word investigates thoroughly our hearts and discovers every unbelief. That is in our heart. The word of God probes and knows what lies in the depths of our hearts, rendering man speechless and defenseless. Sir, nowhere to hide from the living God. And in the book of Proverbs we read, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Fifth, the word of God judges, kritikos, the Greek word from which you have the word critic, criticize. The word of God probes our hearts, discerns our feelings, thoughts and motivations and criticizes us, judges us. A judgment which is always true and final. Man has been in the business of judging the word of God and rejecting it as foolishness. But man's judgment of God and God's word shall not stand. But God's judgment of man shall stand. Man as a creature is to hear and do God's perfect will. It is a fallen man who sits in judgment of God and his everlasting word. So let me read to you from 1 Corinthians 1, 19 and 20. 
for it is written i will destroy the wisdom of the wise the intelligence of the intelligent i will frustrate i prayed the other day several times oh god frustrate the plans of sanballats and tobias and christians and then i received a call and said pastor he did it he frustrated it where is the wise man where is the scholar where is the philosopher of this age has not god made foolish the wisdom of the world god's word judges us turn to chapter 12 of saint john it's good to read verse 48 Well, Jesus says this there is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words that very word which i spoke will condemn him at the last day every word that i spoke from this church shall judge that person on the last day god's word probes and exposes and judges nothing more inaccessible than emotions and notions and intentions and motives concealed in the depths of man's depraved heart remember clinton said what's the meaning of ease we all have that to circumvent truth prophet nathan exposed the wicked heart of david prophet samuel exposed the wicked heart of saul a sinner hates this truth that the word probes and judges him he believes daily he would not face god in judgment let me tell you it's because facing god as judge damages his self esteem He sits in his Jericho protected by high walls and locked gates in a flash by the power of God his protection shall disappear Understand therefore the word of God criticizes us for our benefit Pay attention let it instruct rebuke correct and train us stand under this word and be saved all who criticizes the word shall be destroyed now let now let's uh, take a look at verse 13 nothing in all creation is hidden from god's sight everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account sir there is therefore no place to hide adam and eve found that out achan ananias sapphira saul and david all found that out and jesus said in luke 12 there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known and saint paul tells us second corinthians 5:10 for we must not we may we must when god summons we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body whether good or bad 
Jeremiah 23 verse 24 can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him declares the Lord and turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 6 15 through 17 then the kings of the earth the princes the generals the rich the mighty and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains they called to the mountains and the rocks fall on us they cannot obey the mountains cannot obey them mountains and hills obey the creator of the mountain they called out to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb before great for the great day of their wrath has come who can stand teenager did you understand that I know you are healthy I know you are growing tall I know you have come to a place you feel strong to stand against your father and mother but not against God. Turn with me to chapter 20 of the book of Revelation. Let me read to you from verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne. Books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. No creature can be hidden from God. All stand before him without cover, naked. Fig leaf garment of human philosophy shall fail. Every creature must give him an account on the last day. He would, he would ask you, did you worship and serve me only? Or did you worship and serve yourself? There is no place to hide for the sinner. Therefore strive, brothers, sisters, to enter saints' everlasting rest by believing the word preached to us. Confess not conceal confess and find mercy let the word of God cut you and probe you and expose you and judge you agree with the words judgment and the word is preached to you today today if you hear his voice harden not your heart repent believe and call upon the name of the Lord because the Bible says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Hide not away from God. Hide in Him and be saved. Do not run away from God. Run to Him and be saved. Yes, sir. There is a place to hide and be saved. 
in Christ. In Christ, in his shed blood for our sins. And pray this prayer of an ancient saint. O thou elect blade and sharpest sword, pierce, I beseech thee, this most obdurate mind. Now let me read to you what John Wesley said about this book. That is living, that is active, that is cutting, that is piercing, that is judging. I am a creature of a day passing through life as an arrow through the air. I am a spirit come from God and returning to God, just hovering over the great gulf till a few moments hence. I am no more seen. I drop into an unchangeable eternity. I want to know one thing, the way to heaven. How to land safe on that happy shore. God himself has condescended to teach me the way. For this very end he came from heaven. He has written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book. At any price, give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be homo unius libri. A man of one book. Here then I am, far from the busy ways of men. I sit down alone. Only God is here. In his presence I open. I read his book. For this end, to find the way to heaven. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for the book. The book of life. Your word is living. Your word is performing. Your word is cutting. Your word is piercing. And your word is judging. Oh God, through your word, help us to find that place to hide in Jesus Christ. And be saved. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring this sermon entitled, Nowhere to Hide. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.